0: What's going on, folks? Got another episode of CC's Work coming at you. This is going to be a pretty quick one because I, uh, I'm i planning to make this the last episode of the the year 2020. I'm going to take the rest of December off. And I'll be back in the uh, in the new year, folks, and get ready for a Biden administration. This week, we've had some interesting news come out. In the past really week and a half, we've seen some possible vaccines that could uh, begin to be rolled out in limited populations, those that need it the most, such as your healthcare workers, frontline first responders, and your nursing home staff and patients. Be very interesting to see uh, how this process goes. You know, I'll say this: I encourage uh, everyone to do what's best for their health, but. The Biden administration, or at least Joe Biden, said that he won't make it a a mandatory vaccine. But I do imagine that there may be a point where for young children, especially when they want to go into, uh, into grade school, there will probably need to be a vaccine requirement for that. Simply because we know there's a lot of older teachers. There's a lot of elderly teachers. There's a lot of teachers that are above, about 60, 70. And those folks are some of the most vulnerable. So we know that children can be spreaders and be asymptomatic and not even have any issues with COVID themselves. But that presents a big problem when it comes to our child care workers and our, and our school teachers. So I imagine that that will probably be a certain amount of of, of a need to vaccine those children but other than that most populations you know I don't, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a requirement that you do it but I do think that if we want to see a world where we go back to, to you know quote unquote normal like before COVID right we, we're going to have to at least have the majority of the population vaccinated and so, I don't know how that's going to happen. I think there's a lot of skepticism out there. Some of it valid. Some of it unwarranted. But, we'll just see. We'll just see. With a, um, the Biden administration, we're starting to see some of the folks that they're rolling out. Cedric Richardson, or Richmond, I'm sorry. This is a representative from Louisiana. It's going to be a special advisor on climate for the president elect, which is hilarious, considering that uh, Cedric Richmond is the representative of a district that is one of the most polluted in the nation, has some of the highest rates of cancer contributed to by the pollution and the waste that's dumped there by major corporations, particularly oil companies, and guess what? Charles Richmond is one of the largest recipients of oil and offshore drilling. Lobbying money. Isn't that something? Look I told you what the Biden administration was going to be folks. For, for for months before this election. I've been telling you. What it's going to be. It's going to be a return to what they call normalcy. Normalcy and, and, and to them that is basically the politics of the 1990s to the 2000s. 16 election. The politics of that era is the type of politics that has led to a great amount of material reality being decimated for large portions of this country. The neoliberal economic policies and the pandering on culture issues when it is politically advantageous is is essentially the definition of being a politician for the past 20 years 20 30 40 years really and 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 like you just have to pretend enough to care for people and most people i mean trump show sure, you don't even have to pretend to care for people and people will be with you but <laughs> but with you know at least with you know the, the other politicians who. Are in my mind just as corrupt in many ways, just as bad in many ways, right? Those people, that there's a sense of like, we're okay with them doing whatever they want, essentially, as long as they make me feel good. That's what a lot of like, the type of people who are just going to go back to brunch. Your, you know, your, your wine mom, liberal. That type of person who's like a suburban American who in reality isn't really facing any major economic issues or or any like any like major crisis that uh, require government intervention. Those people love the idea of a Biden administration because they can go off and drone strike kids and give money to terror groups and to uh, and, and to. Uh, continue the, the you know the military-industrial complex. Continue the exploitation of workers around this uh, this this planet. Continue uh, you know corporate bailouts and welfare and government and supporting those that are at the top of this economy more so than they do those that are at the bottom. And they'll be fine because their president isn't tweeting anything mean. That's all they care about. Folks, as we go on to 2021, I need you to understand that there can't be just this return to like, let's not give a damn about politics anymore because we have someone that we like in office or that we don't hate as much as Trump. If you go back to that, you're going to end up with someone probably worse than Trump. Because I'm telling you now, folks, the the trajectory of a Biden administration so far, and again, I'm going based on purely just the evidence that's before me. The donors that he had, the people he surrounded himself with, and the cabinet picks that they're making. And, I mean, already there's policy discussions that they've had about what they want to do, and they're already compromising to Republicans. It's unreal. It's unreal you're not even elected, and you're already saying... We're going to give Mitch this. And like this Senate race in Georgia, I mean, look, I think a lot of people are very, very excited about the idea of Georgia going blue. This is my this is my thoughts on it. There's a lot of people who were never Trump Republicans who voted for Biden in the presidential election, but voted Republican in every other single race. If you think that those people are going to continue to are going to vote blue this 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 year, then like I don't know, man, I just don't know because a lot of those people they are fiscally conservative and socially conservative, they're so socially conservative that they detest what Trump was, but they love everything about his economic policies, they love everything about neoliberal neoconservative economic policies. What they don't like is the lack of decorum that Trump had, the lack of civility, they call it, right? But they don't really care about, like, the homeless in America or they don't really care about, like, the military-industrial complex and the you know, way that they continue to get power and continue to expand their military budget beyond any, you know, realistic need. And, you know, corporate welfare, they love that idea. They love the idea of, of cutting welfare, they love the idea of deficit hawkery, right? Pretending to care about the deficit when we continue to spend billions and trillions giving away tax breaks to those that are at the top and continuing to, you know, help those. Like I, said, I mean, I keep saying that. I'm a broken record, but... At the end of the day, and and, and in conclusion, pretty much, with the Biden discussion, we have to focus in... On policies that are going to best help the middle class, and I mean like people that are making
1: fifty thousand
0: and below a year, and the low, like low income individuals, and I mean people that are, I mean making you know under twenty thousand a year. But I think at 12000 a year, that's the poverty line. I think you're at the poverty line if you're only making 12000 a year. Um, and so between 12000 and 20000 a year, there's there's a lot of gap there in in government benefits and in support. Uh, and those are going to be the people that, like, I know those are the people that are hurting the most in this moment, in this crisis. And uh, I don't see the current administration, Trump, or the future administration, Biden, making any substantive changes to the material reality for those people. I'm sorry to give you kind of a, a doom and gloom hope there, but but if you're, if you're upset or if you even are willing to say you disagree with what I'm saying, well, guess what? Go out and try to make it happen. Go out and prove me wrong. Go out and push Biden. Go out and push your representative, your senator. Say, hey, this is what we want. I need you to. I need you to fight for it. I need you to. I need you to be a leader. I need you to be the person you say you want to be for us. Folks that are worried about Trump winning this election, somehow still remaining president after January twentieth, I think you need to relax. I think you need to turn off MSNBC. Or any other television station that still believes that the president is somehow going to over, overcome the odds of, of of him like leaving the White House on January 20th. It's probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. It's very, very likely that it won't happen. It would be nice if Trump was to maybe deliver on some of his populist policies like closing corporate uh, tax loopholes or... Uh, ending the the, uh, the military involvement in the many, many wars that we've been in in the Middle East, but uh, he's not doing that. The media goes crazy over the fact that he moved some troops from Iraq to uh, or from Afghanistan to Iraq or to another country in the Middle East. He literally didn't do anything when it comes to like withdrawing on a major scale like he said he would in 2016. I'm still holding out for Trump to maybe do some of what he said in 2016. Maybe I'm crazy for that. But I've given up on him, folks. In, in, in reality, I've given up. That's like That was a joke. In in reality, I've given up on him just as I've... I'm not going to say I've given up on Biden, but... Boy, I tell you, the evidence that's in front of me, it's hard to change that reality. It's hard to say... Now, I don't believe all the hires and all the people that Biden surrounded himself with and all the people that donate to his campaign that are at the top of this economy and don't want to see any changes. All those people, I have to believe that they're supporting this candidate because he's going to be a great leader for the majority of the American people. He's really going to make the lives of all those people that are in the middle class and low income brackets better. But none of those people are represented in his circle. But hey, we got people of color. We've got people in the LGBT community in that in that administration. So we're all we we love some diversity, baby. So we're all happy. The wine moms are happy with the diversity. The single mom that's in maybe the south side of Birmingham here that's struggling now she can't. It's not the south side; she will be living in the north side because the way that this city has developed, the south side is probably not affordable for someone like that. But on the north side, the single mom that has a few kids that's living in an apartment right now, I bet she can give a damn how many black people you have in the cabinet. She'd like to know, are they going to actually work for her? If she hasn't already given up hope on politics, because for the past 40 years, it's done everything to work against that type of person. Especially in the economy. Get rid of your identity politics and cultural issues when they when when you make your political decisions purely on that, if you're going to say hey, I'm going to vote for this person because they're black and because I'm black and you're not looking at anything policy wise, not looking at anything on their record and what they've done what are we what's why are you voting? That's almost what I want to ask. What what is the purpose of you voting? Because you you might as well have not voted. You know? I know that that sounds crazy to some people, but like, I'm sorry, I'm big on the belief that you need to vote uh, as an informed voter and as someone that uh, understands who you're voting for and why you're voting um, and what they're going to bring. I voted for Biden, folks, because I was I was not going to I was not going to let the liberals, right? I was not going to give the liberals that, 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 because there, I know there's a lot of people in my life that if I would have told them I voted for, or I didn't vote or I wrote in someone, uh, they would have actually seen me as like a threat to this country. So I gave them that I'll give them this one least of two. evils. This is my first presidential election folks. And it is my one least of two evils vote in the future make your case as to why i should vote for you based on policy and your record and that's how i'm going to make the decision folks and if you're not if if one of the two major candidates are not people that line up with what i feel is best for the future of this country i will vote for someone else i will write in someone else and all of you that have an issue with that come see me come talk about it because i can guarantee i'll win that argument Proud of that, man. My first and only baby. I don't care who's on the ballot next time. I do not care. Trump might be on the ballot again. I don't give a damn. If Biden and, and Harris has not actually made any great progress for this country, which I know they have the potential to, if they really tried and really cared and really wanted to, really had the really had the motivation and the incentives to do it, they don't have those incentives because the people that voted for them could give a damn about policy for the most part. So many people don't. So many people don't. You know, they have no mandate for anything, folks, because we said, all right, it's just all, let's get rid of Trump. And Like, I'm cool with that, but God, because Trump certainly has not been the best president, folks, but the idea... (laughs) The idea that Biden's gonna be some transformative leader after to fix all the wrongs in the past four years. All I can say is we'll see folks. I have doubts. Governor Kay Ivey is under fire because people are saying that she needs to make more efforts to stop the spread of COVID in the state of Alabama. But I look at the federal government and I yell at them the most. the congress uh took over or took uh took up a <clears throat> marijuana law called the Moore Act, which essentially uh gets rid of the federal prohibition on marijuana and uh I'm very excited about the potential of that bill uh but I do not believe that the Senate is going to take it up, so it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. This would be major, folks, because there's a lot of people in uh, state governments like Alabama who say, all right, the reason why we're not going to legalize marijuana or decriminalize it even is because the federal government still has it illegal. Well, if you take that excuse away, then we have to see what is uh, going to be the actions of those in states that are illegal. Because the data and uh, the economic incentives for legalizing marijuana, uh, it's overwhelmingly against them. Overwhelmingly, uh in, in 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 the ballpark of we need to legalize fully really, but at least decriminalize and, and allow medical to be legal in Alabama. They almost had a medical bill passed in Alabama and Montgomery, but uh the COVID nineteen breakout Made them go into a early. uh, Ending and closing of the uh, state legislative session. And they decided to table the bill. Which essentially means that it will not be voted on. Unless it's reintroduced. The House passed it. The state House passed it. The state Senate was next. It would have been major folks. We would have had medical marijuana in Alabama. But. Of course, the forces of history seem to continue down the path of a fight, folks. It's a fight that we have to have for these policies that we want. And uh, when it comes to COVID-19 and the restrictions, I mean, this is what it is. People want to yell at Kay Ivey. Yell at your damn congressman and your senator the most. Because the fact of the matter is Kay Ivey is in a position. I'm very empathetic toward governors and toward a lot of local leadership, man. Because I look at the federal government And I say what the hell are you doing in this time Is it your time to step up baby It's your time to step up But I look at state and local leaders And I say what are they supposed to do Shut down the economy And then you not give them any help <laughs> You gave them one bill But that was not Enough folks And they thought it was going to be enough I don't know why people thought this pandemic Was going to be done in like six months or something no evidence pointing toward that. Zero evidence. Zero of the data. In fact, it points toward everything getting worse, as they have. <laughs> so, I don't know, folks. I say I don't know because I'm not sure what the future's going to be. And I'm not sure what the resolutions of all of these challenges, issues that I brought up to you will be. But I know what will happen, uh nothing if we don't act and if we don't try to make our voice heard so folks my request of you for Christmas my gift request is that you make at least one phone call to a state representative or a state uh, excuse me not a state representative a house representative and a senator from your state in uh, your district and have see, see if you can have a discussion about those four policies that I put forward, if you agree with them. The idea of a universal healthcare system, universal basic income, extended unemployment insurance for the remainder of this pandemic, and the idea of legalizing marijuana. Have those discussions. See what they say. If you don't like it, get to work, let's vote them out. Folks, I'll see you in 2021. Y'all have a good December. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that. Happy New Year's. I'll see you.